Chapter Four of Through the Looking Glass by Lewis Carroll. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Tweedledum and Tweedledee. They were standing under a tree, each with an arm around the other's neck, and Alice knew which was which in a moment because one of them had "dum" embroidered on his collar and the other "d." I suppose they've each got Tweedle round at the back of the collar she said to herself they stood so still that she quite forgot they were alive and she was looking around to see if the word tweedle was written at the back of each collar when she was startled by a voice coming from the one marked dumb if you think we're waxworks he said you ought to pay you know waxworks aren't made to be looked at for nothing nohow contrawise added the one marked d if you think we're alive you are to speak i'm sure i'm very sorry was all alice could say for the words of the old song kept ringing through her head like the ticking of a clock and she could hardly help saying them out loud tweedledum and tweedledee agreed to have a battle for tweedledum said tweedledee had spoiled his nice new rattle just then flew down a monstrous crow as black as a tar barrel which frightened both the heroes so they quite forgot their quarrel i know what you're thinking about said tweedledum but it isn't so nohow contrawise continued tweedledee if it was so it might be and if it was so it would be but as it isn't it ain't that's logic i was thinking alice said very politely which is the best way out of this wood it's getting so dark would you tell me please but the little men only looked at each other and grinned they looked so exactly like a couple of great schoolboys that alice couldn't help pointing her finger at tweedledum and saying first boy no how tweedledum cried out briskly and shut his mouth up again with a snap next boy said alice passing on to tweedledee though she felt quite certain he would only shout out contrawise and so he did you've been wrong cried tweedledum the first thing in a visit is to say how do you do and shake hands and here the two brothers gave each other a hug and then they held out the two hands that were free to shake hands with her alice did not like shaking hands with either of them first for fear of hurting the other one's feelings so as the best way out of the difficulty she took hold of both hands at once the next moment they were dancing round in a ring this seemed quite natural she remembered afterwards and she was not even surprised to hear music playing it seemed to come from the tree under which they were dancing and it was done as well as she could make it out by the branches rubbing one across the other like fiddles and fiddlesticks but it certainly was funny alice said afterwards when she was telling her sister the history of all this to find myself singing here we go round the mulberry bush i don't know when i began it but somehow i felt as if i'd been singing it for a long time 
the other two dancers were fat and very soon out of breath four times round is enough for one dance tweedledum panted out and they left off dancing as suddenly as they had begun the music stopped at the same moment then they let go of alice's hands and stood looking at her for a minute there was a rather awkward pause as alice didn't know how to begin a conversation with people she had just been dancing with it would never do to say how do you do now she said to herself we seem to have got beyond that somehow i hope you're not much tired she said at last no how and thank you very much for asking said tweedledum so much obliged added tweedledee you like poetry yes pretty well some poetry alice said doubtfully would you tell me which road leads out of the woods what shall i repeat to her said tweedledee looking round at tweedledum with great solemn eyes and not noticing alice's question the walrus in the carpenter is the longest tweedledum replied giving his brother an affectionate hug tweedledee began instantly the sun was shining here alice ventured to interrupt him if it's very long she said as politely as she could would you please tell me first which road tweedledee smiled gently and began again the sun was shining on the sea shining with all his might he did his very best to make the billows smooth and bright and this was odd because it was the middle of the night the moon was shining sulkily because she thought the sun had got no business to be there after the day was done it's very rude of him she said to come and spoil the fun the sea was wet as wet could be the sands were dry as dry you could not see a cloud because no cloud was in the sky no birds were flying overhead there were no birds to fly the walrus and the carpenter were walking close at hand they wept like anything to see such quantities of sand if this were only cleared away they said it would be grand if seven maids with seven mops swept it for half a year do you suppose the walrus said that they could get it clear i doubt it said the carpenter and shed a bitter tear oh oysters come and walk with us the walrus did beseech a pleasant walk a pleasant talk along the briny beach we cannot do with more than four to give a hand to each the eldest oyster looked at him but never a word he said the eldest oyster winked his eye and shook his heavy head meaning to say he did not choose to leave the oyster bed but four young oysters hurried up all eager for the treat their coats were brushed their faces washed their shoes were clean and neat and this was odd because you know they hadn't any feet four other oysters followed them and yet another four and thick and fast they came at last and more and more and more all hopping through the frothy waves and scrambling to the shore the walrus and the carpenter walked on a mile or so and then they rested on a rock conveniently low and all the little oysters stood and waited in a row the time has come 
the walrus said to talk of many things of shoes and ships and sealing wax of cabbages and kings and why the sea is boiling hot and whether pigs have wings but wait a bit the oysters cried before we have our chat for some of us are out of breath and all of us are fat no hurry said the carpenter they thanked him much for that a loaf of bread the walrus said is what we chiefly need pepper and vinegar besides are very good indeed now if you're ready oysters dear we can begin to feed but not on us the oysters cried turning a little blue after such kindness that would be a dismal thing to do the night is fine the walrus said do you admire the view it was so kind of you to come and you are very nice the carpenter said nothing but cut us another slice i wish you were not quite so deaf i've had to ask you twice it seems a shame the walrus said to play them such a trick after we've brought them out so far and made them trot so quick the carpenter said nothing but the butter's spread too thick i weep for you the walrus said i deeply sympathize with sobs and tears he sorted out those of the larger size holding his pocket-handkerchief before his streaming eyes oh oysters said the carpenter you've had a pleasant run shall we be trotting home again but answers came there none and that was scarcely odd because they'd eaten every one i like the walrus best said alice because you see he was a little sorry for the poor oysters he ate more than the carpenter though said tweedledee you see he held his handkerchief in front so that carpenter couldn't count how many he took contrawise that was mean alice said indignantly then i like the carpenter best if he didn't eat so many as the walrus but he ate as many as he could get said tweedledum this was a puzzler after a pause alice began well they were both very unpleasant characters here she checked herself in some alarm at hearing something that sounded to her like the puffing of a large steam-engine in the wood near them though she feared it was more likely to be a wild beast are there any lions or tigers about here she asked timidly it's only the red king snoring said tweedledee come and look at him the brothers cried and they each took one of alice's hands and led her up to where the king was sleeping isn't he a lovely sight said tweedledum alice couldn't say honestly that he was he had a tall red nightcap on with a tassel and he was lying crumpled up in a sort of untidy heap and snoring loud fit to snore his head off as tweedledum remarked i'm afraid he'll catch cold with lying on the damp grass said alice who was a very thoughtful little girl he's dreaming now said tweedledee and what do you think he's dreaming about alice said nobody can guess that why about you tweedledee exclaimed clapping his hands triumphantly and if he left off dreaming about you where do you suppose you'd be where i am now of course said alice 
not you tweedledee retorted contemptuously you'd be nowhere why you're only a sort of thing in his dream if that there king was to wake added tweedledum you'd go out bang just like a candle i shouldn't alice exclaimed indignantly besides if i'm only a sort of thing in his dream what are you i should like to know ditto said tweedledum ditto ditto cried tweedledee he shouted this so loud that alice couldn't help saying hush you'll be waking him i'm afraid if you make so much noise well it's no use your talking about waking him said tweedledum when you're only one of the things in his dream you know very well you're not real i am real said alice and began to cry you won't make yourself a bit realer by crying tweedledee remarked there's nothing to cry about if i wasn't real alice said half laughing through her tears it all seemed so ridiculous i shouldn't be able to cry i hope you don't suppose those are real tears tweedledum interrupted in a tone of great contempt i know they're talking nonsense alice thought to herself and it's foolish to cry about it so she brushed away her tears and went on as cheerfully as she could at any rate i'd better be getting out of the wood for really it's coming on very dark do you think it's going to rain tweedledum spread a large umbrella over himself and his brother and looked up into it no i don't think it is he said at least not under here nohow but it may rain outside it may if it chooses said tweedledee we've no objection contrawise selfish things thought alice and she was going to say good-night and leave them when tweedledum sprang out from under the umbrella and seized her by the wrist do you see that he said in a voice choking with passion and his eyes grew large and yellow all in a moment as he pointed with a trembling finger at a small white thing lying under the tree it's only a rattle alice said after a careful examination of the little white thing not a rattlesnake you know she said hastily thinking that he was frightened only an old rattle quite old and broken i knew it was cried tweedledum beginning to stamp about wildly and tear his hair it's spoilt of course here he looked at tweedledee who immediately sat down on the ground and tried to hide himself under the umbrella alice laid her hand upon his arm and said in a soothing tone you needn't be so angry about an old rattle but it isn't old tweedledum cried in a greater fury than ever it's new i tell you i bought it yesterday my nice new rattle and his voice rose to a perfect scream all this time tweedledee was trying his best to fold up the umbrella with himself in it which was such an extraordinary thing to do that it quite took off alice's attention from the angry brother but he couldn't quite succeed and it ended in his rolling over bundled up in the umbrella with only his head out and there he lay opening and shutting his mouth and his large eyes 
looking more like a fish than anything else alice thought of course you agreed to have a battle tweedledum said in a calmer tone i suppose so the other sulkily replied as he crawled out of the umbrella only she must help us to dress up you know so the two brothers went off hand in hand into the wood and returned in a minute with their arms full of things such as bolsters blankets hearthrugs tablecloths dish covers and coal scuttles i hope you're a good hand at pinning and tying strings tweedledum remarked every one of these things has to go on somehow or other alice said afterwards she had never seen such a fuss made about anything in all her life the way those two bustled about and the quantity of things they put on and the trouble they gave her in tying strings and fastening buttons really they'll be more like bundles of old clothes than anything else by the time they're ready she said to herself as she arranged a bolster round the neck of tweedledee to keep his head from being cut off as he said you know he added very gravely it's one of the more serious things that can possibly happen to one in battle to get one's head cut off alice laughed aloud but she managed to turn it into a cough for fear of hurting his feelings do i look very pale said tweedledum coming up to have his helmet tied on he called it a helmet though it certainly looked much more like a saucepan well yes a little alice replied gently i'm very brave generally he went on in a low voice only today i happen to have a headache uh, and i've got a toothache said tweedledee who had overheard the remark i'm far worse off than you then you'd better not fight today said alice thinking it a good opportunity to make peace we must have a bit of a fight but i don't care about going on long said tweedledum what's the time now tweedledee looked at his watch and said half past four let's fight till six and then have dinner said tweedledum very well the other said rather sadly and she can watch us only you better not come very close he added i generally hit everything i can see when i get really excited and i hit everything within reach cried tweedledum whether i can see it or not alice laughed you must hit the trees pretty often i should think she said tweedledum looked round him with a satisfied smile i don't suppose he said there'll be a tree left standing for ever so far round by the time we've finished and all about a rattle said alice still hoping to make them a little ashamed of fighting for such a trifle i shouldn't have minded it so much said tweedledum if it hadn't been a new one i wish the monstrous crow would come thought alice there's only one sword you know tweedledum said to his brother but you can have the umbrella it's quite as sharp only we must begin quick it's getting as dark as it can and darker said tweedledee it was getting dark so suddenly that alice thought there must be a thunderstorm coming on what a thick black cloud that is she said and how fast it comes why i do believe it's got wings it's the crow 
Tweedledum cried out in a shrill voice of alarm, and the two brothers took to their heels and were out of sight in a moment. Alice ran a little way into the wood and stopped under a large tree. It can never get me here, she thought. It's far too large to squeeze itself in among the trees, but I wish it wouldn't flap its wings so. It makes quite a hurricane in the wood. Here's somebody's shawl being blown away. End of chapter 4